You've read or heard or preached the scripture this week. Now what? Join me, Pastor Carissa, and my colleague, Pastor Alan, as we explore the spaces between the Sundays in our podcast, Soft Idolatry. Hello, and welcome to Soft Idolatry, Season 4, Episode 8. How's it going, Carissa? It's going pretty well. Happy New Year, Alan. How are you? Happy New Year to you. I'm I'm well. I am uh, looking at a gray sky here in New Jersey, but it's January. What do you want? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty gray here in Pittsburgh as well as expected in January. Uh, have you made any New Year's resolutions? Oh, yes, all of them and none of them. <laughs> Uh, so just be better. That's your resolution. No, it, uh, but also my, be worse. <laughs> but my my resolution is the standard, which is uh, kind of stick to my uh, fitness and recovery plan from everything. Um, I have not done any of the best practices, like setting specific goals. But I have three more sessions left in cardiac rehab, so the the plan is to continue with the with with the working out and physical fitness stuff that I have made very good progress in in rehab and then also meld that with a consistent mindfulness to my diet which uh, as as so many of us uh have over these last couple of weeks completely blown I thought you were going to say months. I've blown that one for like the entire year. <laughs> it's just <laughs> 2020 is a loss when it comes to nutrition for me. Uh, yes, but you didn't you didn't have uh, cardiac procedures and and the fear of God put into you from a cardiologist. No, that much is true. That much is true. Um, well, so I, I too, I need to get like my nutrition and fitness routine back in order, um, you know, just with the gym being closed and opened and closed Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Uh, But I think the resolution you're going to appreciate more, Alan, is this one. Um, I'm not going to tell you dad jokes this year. I'm going to try to refrain. (laughs) What? (laughs) I know, but I do have a new gimmick. I do, because I don't want to not have a gimmick. Okay. um, At all. But a friend and I decided that we were going to try to celebrate as many holidays as possible between New Year's and whenever this damn pandemic ends. I, I sense a pun coming on. No, there's not actually a pun in here. And so I have my calendar in front of me here, and it has a holiday written down, a holiday or, or observance on every single day in January. Okay. So I just figured I would share with you all, with you and our listeners, what some of the upcoming holidays are in case you feel you know the the urge to celebrate a little bit extra you know it's gray outside as we mentioned christmas is over new year's is over we're still all stuck inside and you know what are we going to do so celebrate (laughs) celebrate good times no 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 i was oh we're singing two different songs yeah i was singing holiday by madonna okay yeah so it's okay yeah it would be so (laughs) Yeah, so sing whatever if celebration song you want. <laughs> um, well, today is National Trivia Day. Uh, uh-huh. Today is Monday the 4th. I don't know that this will quite release yet tonight, but tomorrow, uh, Tuesday the 5th, on which the day on which this will probably release, is National Bird Day. So you can tell everybody happy birthday. 
Ah. And, uh, yeah. Can, can um, I flip everybody the bird? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, probably. That might not be wise. Okay, but I'm maybe just, maybe just uh, sing Surf and Jaybird? There you go. Or the, yeah, like bur, 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 bur. the bird the is, bird the, is word. the word. Yeah. I yes, please do that all day. Uh. <laughs> yes, with with Peter Griffin firmly in mind. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's the only way to sing that song. Um, and then you know what Wednesday is, of course, the sixth. Epiphany. Yes, Epiphany. Um, and then the following day is a day that my my uh, geologist friend Katie will really appreciate. It is Old Rock Day, and I had to I had to look into this to see if they were talking about music or actual rocks uh i think uh, it, it's supposed no, the, to be for the other would be rocks. classic rock day i'm calling it old rock day either way but yeah it's it's rock rocks like fossils and things but i think we're also going to listen to classic rock if you must okay uh we've got war on poverty day on Interesting. the 8th and play god day on saturday the 9th which is an awful <laughs> lot of fun <laughs> just one day for that <laughs> just one you only get to play god for one day uh the write-up i read on it suggests that you uh play like a nice god mm, so okay. you know no smiting people maybe do nice <laughs> things or help okay. improve the world a little bit yeah and then on sunday what is sunday baptism of the lord look at how i brought this around isn't that brilliant oh, so now everybody has yeah. something to celebrate this week and mm -hmm. I've also segged into our topic. You have. You have segued into our topic. <laughs> Whether you were ready or not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I don't I don't know if the uh the payoff quite uh quite flows from the uh the setup, but do you want the puns back? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Talk talk about a Faustian bargain. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yes, Bap baptism of the Lord. <laughs> one of one of one of my favorite observances actually. It is just such a wonderful story no matter which of the synoptic gospels you are uh residing in for that liturgical year. And it is it is Mark this year. Uh the very beginning of Mark. Mhm. Mm and it's really it's worth noting that in Mark there is no ornamentation. This is the beginning of the good news. There's no birth narrative. There's nothing but some words from the prophet and uh, John the Baptist. And there's a baptism and the heavens are ripped open. And God says, this is my beloved with him. I am well pleased. I think that's what it says. Close enough. That's a close enough paraphrase <laughs> that will take it. I don't. I don't actually have my Bible open in front of me right this moment, um, although I did a few minutes ago. Um, Alan, I know you've been to the West Bank. Have you been to the Jordan River? Yes, I. I the the Jordan Creek. Yes, I, I have. Uh, yeah. I, I have seen it. Um, I, I have been all over the uh, all over Palestine, and uh, yeah, it's it's not quite as impressive as you would think uh, based on all of these years of Bible stories and hymnody and all that fun stuff. Yeah, you hear talk about the mighty Jordan, and it's really not. We wouldn't call it a mm -hmm. river here. 
for sure. No, we wouldn't. But but then again, we also hear about the Sea of Galilee, and it's really just a big freshwater lake. It's a really nice lake. Oh, it is. But it's lovely. It, is it was one of my favorite parts of the trip. Not really a sea, per se. Um, and I wonder if part of those is like translation, you know, old ancient Hebrew kind of thing. But um, yeah. Or, or ancient Greek. Did you get to go into the Jordan no, we did. I don't think we went into the Jordan. We did go into the Galilee. Okay. I, I got to do both, which was really neat. In fact, uh, for the Galilee, we went to the Church of the Multiplication, which is right on the shore mm-hmm. of Galilee. And I was Been so there. sick of churches at that point. I was so tired of churches and so tired of the crowds in the churches. I was like, I will see you guys at the bus. And I just stood in the lake for like 30 minutes while everybody else went and dealt with the crowds in the church. And it was delightful. And I didn't, I'm, I don't regret that decision at all. So I've not actually been in the Church of the Multiplication. Oh, don't, don't play coy with me. Ugh, I know what you're referring to, the mosaics the, of the fish, right? No, no. They, they actually have a huge koi pond oh, in there the in, oh. in the Church of the Multiplication. Well, I wouldn't know. I've never been in the Church of the Multiplication. Uh, yeah, you see, you lost out. <laughs> I, I can see a koi pond at like the local sushi bar. It's fine. Um, so I have a fun story to tell about, um, so we do a uh, remembrance of baptism on Sunday morning, uh, for baptism of the Lord. I, do you guys do that as well? No, we, we haven't done that. And I think in this, uh, we, we will be live and in person Sunday morning. And I think in this environment, that's probably something that will increase anxiety rather than removing you don't have like a super soaker i mean that'll keep you physically distant <laughs> i would enjoy that very much but i'd probably focus all of my energies on one or two <laughs> that is a danger that is a danger um i i've been tempted to keep one behind the pulpit just for when my kids are acting up but uh it's nothing to do with baptism <laughs> <laughs> yes again you would have a very specific target yeah. situation <laughs> Unload an entire magazine. Uh, yeah, I said, stop bugging your sister. So we did get to go into the River Jordan and do a remembrance of our baptism uh, ceremony there, which was absolutely beautiful. We went down in twos and um, you know prayed together, and it was an absolutely beautiful, moving moment. And I swear that they truck in white doves to that particular point because they were everywhere and of course to finish this beautiful service one of them like swoops down toward the water and takes off over the trees and it was so phenomenally well-timed and beautiful and we're like sobbing and, and it's just gorgeous um and then one of our party members you just hear him go oh and <laughs> and we turn around we're like shh what is your problem and he goes no, it's actual bird poop. <laughs> One of these beautiful white <laughs> baptismal doves had just pooped all over this poor guy <laughs> everywhere. Um, so that's my, it was such a beautiful, lovely moment. And then the reality of creation hit. Um, I'm sure if Jesus or John the Baptist had been pooped on by the dove, Mark would have recorded it. Um, and John would have reflected <laughs> on it. Um, but it was, that was just our great fun remembrance of baptism. So every time I do a remembrance of baptism service, I remember the dove pooping on one of our, our members. 
Well, one of one of my uh, fondest memories uh, is a very recent memory, preaching on this three years ago. And on that Sunday morning, I preached what was one of my absolute best children's If you do sermons. say so yourself. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Actually, I have expert testimony. I, I, I have a testimonial witness. Um, so... Here, here's the situation. I was serving as an interim pastor. Uh, my former congregation in Redstone Presbytery, and I was interviewing for two different positions. I was a finalist for a position in Pittsburgh Presbytery and a finalist for the position that I currently hold here in Freehold, New Jersey. And uh, I will. I won't name the, the congregation in Pittsburgh Presbytery, but it was in the same town where I was living. And I have to say that I was very much fixated on getting that job because, oh my goodness, I wouldn't even have to move to take the position. It would have, it would have been perfect, or at least I thought it was perfect. So for the children's message that Sunday, I found this beautiful picture of the sun poking through some clouds and just all of these beautiful yellows and golds in the picture. And it was a very dramatic picture to begin with. And so I was, you know, I called the children down to the, the front of the sanctuary and I, I asked them, you know, to tell me what they saw and got them talking about it. And as they were talking, I ripped the picture in half. And then I said, well, we're going to hear a story a little bit later about the sky, the heavens being ripped open. And it was great because it just totally held their attention. And then I could toss in some storytelling and theology. And what, what made this such a great and well-timed children's sermon is... I had a bunch of people in the congregation who were on the PNC of that church uh, pastor nominating committee. For those of you who way to catch your acronym there, nerds. yeah, exactly. Um, and so there were three or four people from the pastor nominating committee from this congregation there to hear me preach. So they got to hear a really good and effective children's message. Even better, the chair of the PNC brought her daughter, who was perhaps five or six years old, and her daughter came down and heard the children's sermon and was totally wrapped, enwrapped. Um, <laughs> Raptured. No, raptured is a totally um, different thing. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. Well, no, no, wrapped, R-A-P-T, wrapped. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, enwrapped would, would be with two Ps and would imply, um, yes, anyhow. She did disappear um, and fly up into heaven. No. <laughs> she did not disappear and fly up into heaven. However, um, a little more than 24 hours later, I got an email from that PNC chair saying, I just want to tell you again how much that I enjoyed hearing you preach. And I have to tell you, my daughter is still talking about that children's sermon. Well done. And 
I read that email and I think I, I, I was literally levitating off of my chair because I really wanted that position. I thought, oh man, I have just sealed the deal if the chair of the PNC's daughter is is in my corner, I can't I can't lose. <laughs> so three years later, here I am in God New Jersey. God brought you down a few pegs that day. Um, <laughs> what, what, well, not, have you, yeah, day, shortly but, thereafter. Yeah, shortly thereafter. Uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that uh, I, I have had an amazing experience coming to New Jersey. I have grown in so many important and interesting ways and learned so much about myself and you know really really this was the right call but i was so focused on that other thing that it was almost difficult to see that this was the opportunity that was the right choice. You could say that this is the place where you have been called to live out your baptism right now. Yes, the and live into my ordination vows, and uh, that this is a place where I can practice ministry with creativity and imagination and, and love. Uh, <laughs> Imagination and love and all of those things in the ordination vows. And certainly I would have done those things in any call, but this really, uh, there, there, as I, as I do the work of self-examination, there are so many areas where I would not have changed had I stayed where I was. And, you know, uh, a tree or well not a tree yeah a tree a tree or a plant uh, a plant can only grow as large as its root system will allow and I needed to be repotted I needed to be dug up and repotted to grow and I am certain that I would not have grown in all of the uh, interesting and delightful ways that I have if I had stayed in That'll Western preach. Pennsylvania. I think yeah. so. I think that's pretty well, much my sermon. For yeah, because there's more to baptism than just getting the baby done, right? It's not, your baby is not saved because you took it into the church to get baptized. It's not. Um, you're In that moment, your baby or your child or your you is um, welcomed formally into the community, both the visible public community of the church congregation um, that the baptism is being held in, um, but also into the greater community of believers. Yes. The, the communion yeah, the, of the saints, great cloud if you of will. witnesses, however you want to put that. And um, and the reason in our tradition that we do baptize babies is because the work that happens in baptism is God's work, not our work. 
Correct. And, and it is, it is really about the, it is as much about the affirmation of the entire community as it is about the individual who is being baptized on that day. It is, it is the community standing up and saying, we are taking responsibility for nurturing you, for guiding you in this walk of faith. We are reaffirming what we all believe. And it doesn't matter in our tradition if that person being baptized is an infant or a teenager or an adult. We are baptizing that person into the community, into the communion of saints, into the life, death, resurrection, mm-hmm. and work of Jesus. And baptism is no guarantee either that a person is going to live into that identity as a baptized member of the community. Uh, not everyone honors the the baptism, and that's one of the reasons I like doing a remembrance of our baptismal vows on Baptism of Our Lord Sunday. Um, it's a convenient Sunday to remember that we do it once a year, <laughs> if nothing else. But I like to do that because it's a reminder to us that we are not um, automatically good Christians because we were baptized. We're, we don't automatically live into that identity by being baptized. We, it's work we have to continue to do. And, um, and, and that's something I think that is often painfully clear to those of us in the ministry. Uh, we have to, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, we have to constantly be reassessing, are we fully living into our baptismal identity? Are we living into our place generally as a Christian, as a pastor? Are we living into our own specific and gifts and calling as well? And that's, that's really difficult work. So we don't, we don't say that lightly um, to those of you who are, whether you are or aren't members of the clergy, um, that is hard work. If if you find it to be easy to live the Christian life, I recommend you go back and read your Bible a few more times, like all of it, because it's not easy. No, and I would also recommend that if it is seeming easy, that is time for you to have lots of conversations. Speak with your pastor. Speak with other people in the congregation. Ask them about their walks of faith. Test what you are experiencing against the experiences of others. And and really ask hard questions. If you think this is easy, you might not be putting that much into it. I, I had an interesting conversation with... Uh, my mother-in-law the other day, and I don't think she would mind me me sharing some of this this conversation. Um, she'll call me if she hears this, and she did mind me sharing. <laughs> um, but she there's a, a yearly uh, like a devotional book that she gets, and she said they put biographies of the different authors in it every year, and they're updated a little bit. Like, what are they doing? What have they been up to this this year? And of course, you know, the 2021 had nothing about COVID because when they were printing and and putting out that, that it was barely a blip on the the radar in Wuhan yet. 
But uh, this year, the new one came in, and there was absolutely nothing about how they'd been dealing with COVID, with the pandemic, um, or that kind of stuff. And she said it felt like being let down by people she'd grown to look up to because she was waiting and expecting to hear them say something about how they had weathered this difficult time. And um, she said she was very surprised by that. And I said, honestly, I'm not. Because a lot of times folks are picking up books like that off the shelf, not because they want to do the hard work of, of gospel proclamation, not because they want to live into the uncomfortable identity of baptized um, members of the community, but because they just want to feel nice. And it's okay to seek comfort when you are hurting. What is not okay is to blow off or sweep under the carpet the difficult things. Yeah, that's that's a really, really good point. Um, we, we all seek spiritual comfort food in these times. But despite our desire for spiritual comfort food, this is actually the right time to be reaching out and trying new things. This is the time to break out of old patterns, establish new ones, and experiment. You know, we we think that the best time to try new things is when everything is stable and comfortable. But my goodness, where where have we been for the last 10 years? Has anything felt stable or comfortable? This is the time to experiment, to be creative, to reach out, to try new things, to have new conversations. We know that church is really weird and different right now. This is a reminder that it's not just about worship on Sunday. This is the time to try new ways to reach out to people, new ways of doing evangelism or whatever word you want to use, because I know that the word evangel the word evangelism can be radioactive in some circles. The second pastor I've had a conversation about that exact word today <laughs> and about how what a like how much baggage that word has. I, I wish we could reclaim it and I don't know that we can. No, no. Uh, I mean, I know where there are some benches in a public square that I can step up on and start shouting, uh, Jesus, uh, have you come to Jesus? But no, this is a time for new ways of practicing the faith. And I realize that you and I as pastors are positioned to examine what some of these things are and that many of our members don't have the theological language to start doing this but my goodness it doesn't have to be some fancy eight-step plan or targeted approach it starts with conversations talk to people talk to people who you don't get to talk to enough because you're not together in church every Sunday and talk to people that you rarely talk to or don't talk to at all. Start by talking, have as many conversations as you can build relationships and 
find ways to talk faith. Yeah, living into the baptism community is more than just showing up on Sunday morning. Uh, just like it, you know, being baptized is more than just showing up with the baby once to get them splashed with the magic water. Um, living into that community is more than just showing up on Sunday morning and shaking hands and checking in with people and then going your separate ways for the rest of the week. Um, you are not just a Christian on Sunday morning. You are not just baptized for an hour on Sunday morning. It is an all-encompassing community and it doesn't just include the people in the congregation you were baptized in it extends beyond the walls of the building you were baptized in yeah the the walls i think are important um we just had christmas and advent jesus was not born in the temple and for sure jesus was not baptized in the temple he was born in a nondescript room in a nondescript house. He was born at the margins of society. He was baptized out in the wilderness. By a super duper weirdo. Yeah. He he was the guy that if you met him at church, that is John the Baptist, that you wanted to avoid the conversation with. He was the one. He, he was the one standing on the bench in the park. Yeah. Yeah, uh, among other things. And, yes. Uh, you know, actually, um, if he's if he's eating locusts and wild honey, he might be ritually unclean. So you might not run into him in the synagogue, but he is definitely the person that you want to avoid because he is ritually unclean. And boy, there's some theology. Talk to the people who make you nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the best moments of baptism community I ever saw was on a Christmas Eve one year um, at our home church. This was either before I was in seminary or shortly thereafter. And um, there's this one, uh, one uh, homeless gentleman who um, he would come on Sunday morning and he would um, use the phone before church, right? Because he knew he was allowed to use the phone to, to connect with his family and things like that. And he was just a part of our community. He knew everybody. Everybody knew his name. And on this Christmas Eve, I, I looked back to where the kids often collected behind the seating to, um, to, to see what they were up to. And I just saw little Gloria. She was like three or four years old at the time. So it must have been before seminary. Um, and she's just sitting on the ground chatting away with this guy. And they're just sitting there together on the floor, leaning in the back of the sanctuary as the worship music played, just chatting with each other as if they were old friends. And always had been. And it was one of the moments that can only happen in church, right? It can only happen in baptism community. Um, yeah. That's what it looks like. Mm. I have nothing to add to that. I I don't either, actually. So, uh, yeah, you want to pray us out of here? Gracious God. As we celebrate this day of baptism of our Lord, 
this day when uh, when the skies were ripped open and you pronounced him worthy. Let us open our eyes and ears and hearts to all of the announcements and proclamations you make. Attune us to the movement of your spirit in unexpected places and unexpected people so that we may better know you and your call on our lives so that we may better be your church in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, friends, for joining us for another episode of Soft Idolatry, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Yeah, you know, you're going to get a package from me this week, Alan, that's going to contain a super soaker and a sandwich board. <laughs> the, the sandwich board will be armor against somebody else's super soaker, <laughs> no doubt. Well, I was thinking for when you're standing on the park bench. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right. Thanks for joining us on Soft Idolatry. For show notes and more information, check out our website at softidolatry.com. To send us questions or comments, you can email us at info at softidolatry.com. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please become a patron at www.patreon.com slash softidolatry. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.